Welcome to episode 15 of Big Wonder. To everyone listening, whether you've been listening for a while or you're tuning tuning in for the first time, um, I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Um, If you'd like to go one step further, hit that subscribe button, post it, share it, tell your mates about it. And if you're a filmmaker or you're an actor or a writer who's here in Melbourne and you're you know, you feel like you want to come and float an idea or you've got something that's just about to take off or in pre-production or you've just made something and you want to come in and have a chat, please reach out to me through um, through my uh, YouTube channel. Just leave a comment on there. I'd really like to hear from you. Um, my goal is to try and get one of these done a week. So by the end of this year, there'll be 52 of those bad boys. But I'm happy to do more. And um, my guests today... Her husband and wife duo, Maddie Tyres and Jimmy Eaton. Now, these two you may remember from a hit reality show called Lego Masters, which they won, and um, which is quite incredible. They're so lovely and so nice. I first met Maddie on a TVC audition for a fucking dermatitis cream or something like that. Um, if you're an actor and you're listening, you'll know how cringe-worthy that is, but that's what we do, and that was a lot of fun. And then uh, Mad- Maddie came along. She contacted me through a friend of mine, Anthony Sharp, and came down and had her headshots done, which she absolutely smashed. And so then, of course, we connected through social media, and I saw the cool stuff that she's she's doing and and her husband. And so I said, why don't, you get, why don't the two of you get on down here and let me find out a bit more about you? And that's what happens on this podcast. Um, you, for those of you who have listened before, you've sort of heard me say that I don't prepare anything other than to say I know that they're not just, you know, sitting around at home waiting for the phone to ring. These people are out there making shit happen. So I was really, really excited to have them on. And, and um, I learned a lot, which was great, which is what the whole point is, as I'm sure you will too. Um, they're, they're both incredibly talented and have a wide spectrum of skills and are looking to keep that evolution happening. So check it out. Maddie and Jimmy. So for any of you listeners who are here in Melbourne and you're an actor or you might be a musician or you're a writer or you're in the film world or you're in the creative world and you'd like to get um, some photography done, so normally I've been promoting um, Naked Wines, which I'm still promoting and, and a, a, a big fan of. But this time I thought I would give my listeners a bit of a discount on a, f- on a photo shoot with me. So if you're an actor or you're any of those things that I um, mentioned before, come on down, send um, my YouTube channel and quote this episode and I'll give you 30% off a photo shoot. There you go. See you soon. How are you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm Good. very well, thank you, Josh. Thanks for having us in your beautiful colour-coded library room. Yes. <laughs> No, good. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having us. Very yeah, excited nah, to nah, be sweet, here. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. It's lovely to meet you. Yeah. Uh, 
Maddie said terrible things about you and all of them are wrong. <laughs> no. She was like, he's amazing. He's a great actor. He takes photos. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've met you before. Is that weird? <laughs> no, no. Maybe. You're very disarming, I think oh. is what I mean. My yeah. dad has always said to me when I, when I first went out to the workforce and, and what have you, I was like, oh, Dad, what do I do? It's my first big interview. And he said, you don't have to do much because you're lucky people just like you. It's, I completely agree. Right out there of the gate. Just, just work mm. that into the mix and you'll, you'll do fine. That's awesome. I find like a lot of people say that about Maddie. 100%. <laughs> well, and when, we, I, yeah. when I like go places without Maddie, they're like, oh, hi, Jimmy, where's Maddie? Oh, she's not here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You are great on your own, babes. I can hold this. Maybe oh, well, better. The, the little <laughs> tap really kind of offset that, didn't it? <laughs> I, um... I love the wife tap. Um, it, it's like for many situations, sometimes you've got to like decode it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just be like, we'll be at a dinner party or a party. It's, There's it's, usually a table. It's, it's a public setting. Yeah, yeah. There's usually a table so no one can see the tap and I'll be saying something or someone will be saying something and I feel the tap and you just have to go, okay, freeze. What am I yeah. doing wrong? Uh, is there someone weird walking past or is it something I'm saying? But you, you get used to the to decoding the tap. I think it's all in the how firm the tap is as well. So if yeah. it's a firm one, it's like shut up. Let's get let's get that mic in close. Oh, a bit closer. And just do the let's do the trade. When you go in to yeah. speak, grab it. Oh yes. Get it Love up it. there. Love and it. Then, then you're sort of getting over there like this. Let's have a practice. You can be relaxed. And that's it. my two cents. Yeah. Good <laughs> job, Jimmy James. That's a pain in the ass, isn't it? The, the, one day that's I'll have so the fun. I'll have a producer and I'll have the you know, totally. multiple mics, and I like the mounts that they have that come around, and everyone can just sit here, chill in front of a mic. But unfortunately, that's why we're used to when sharing. When it's a duo, <laughs> totally cool. We are used to sharing. This is great. It's like an ice cream. <laughs> Delicious. Um, and we first met on that dermatitis commercial um, audition. We certainly did. Yeah. That was a, a while ago. You know, it's doing be eighteen my, months. I was going to say, uh, you know, doing my best to. Clearly, my skin wasn't rashy enough for getting that gig. I have a question. Um, how, how do you prepare for a dermatitis uh, Oh, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can ever prep. I mean, totally. unless you script it, but it wasn't even scripted, I don't think. No, I don't think so. It was just, um, yeah, come in and... Did you did you get it in the end? No. No, no. no. I very well, clearly our skin book. was too good I have dermatitis. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. damn it. They so, had the real deal. And, and I had it so bad when I was... 17, that it was all down here oh. and it's a very rare kind of dermatitis that turns oh. into like a wound. So it was <gasps> dripping pus. Oh, my no God. No shit. It was on the insides of my legs, right? And I was, I was a virgin at the time, so it wasn't like yeah, anything I was just like going to say, doesn't nature have a wonderful way of when, like, you're 17 and I think that's, Fucking like, you physically over. when you're <laughs> supposed to be producing the most sperm, like when you're around sort of 18 <laughs> and nature just goes, yeah, fuck you, buddy. I'm going to put a big wound Dude, on your face, pimples. It was weird voice, worst, you oh know. And God, I, painful. I was inside for two weeks and because it was, like... Like dripping. You, that's intense. Fucking oh, How do disgusting. How you fix that? Like, is um, there? Well, it was interesting. I first, like, I hid it for a while. Yeah. You know, because it started <laughs> not on my junk, but on the outsides yeah. of my legs, right, but right there, really bad. And I oh. hid it because I was a terrified teenager of anything like that. Yeah. And I think when it when it got to here. 
I had to say something. Yeah. And then I went to like proper, like rushed to a dermatologist type wow. thing. And she was like, he's on the brink of being hospitalized if this gets into his blood You're anymore. Kidding. Type thing. Yeah. Like infection kind yeah. of zone. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I didn't know this. And it was only yeah. revealed to me that element of the story yeah. when I got up for the second time three years ago. Wow. But yeah, it was like, um, like a horse wash bath. It's Condi's Crystals. Have you what? ever heard of Condi's Crystals? No. no. It's this weird old remedy. There's these purple little crystals and you put it into a bath yeah. and the water goes purple and you just soak Douse in it. Douse yourself in that. Yeah. Condi's. What? And it like it um, dries it up, does it? Fuck or? knows what it does. <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. it takes the moisture out of it. Sure. Because it Jesus. like, yeah. I imagine like Condi was some kind of like rural witch back in the day that, that <laughs> people with dermatitis went to or like any skin condition and she just Condi. threw some some crystals in a bath. <laughs> what do they call it? Apothecary, is it? A, yeah. yeah. Apothecary. Yeah. yeah. That's a very like old school medieval. Uh, um, chemist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could go in for like a cough back then and they could chop your arm off or give you some crystals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending what, what where the moon was, yeah. I suppose. Um, so th- that, that, that cured it along with like a, an, an ointment. And then so when I first moved to Melbourne, maybe six months in, I got my first, no, I got a part in a short film and it came up on my face like two days before filming. Because oh, there's probably a bit of stress, like obviously Maybe. kicks well, it in. I, yeah, I'm not really a, a stressy kind of guy these days. I actually did some research and this kind of dermatitis can actually be caused by spider bites. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was only two days before that I had found a spider in my bed. And there you go. Detective. Like that, that kind of lines up for me because I don't, I've never really had a physical manifestation of stress. Certainly not in my later years. Like I'm mm. way too chill for it. Like I just don't bother uh, with I wish stress. I envy you very much. Yeah, John. this is my physical manifestation. <laughs> um, I, I feel for you, buddy, though, like because when I was a teenager I had the worst skin as well, like being a dodgy white kind of like Celtic genetics, like your skin just when it gets hot it goes weird, when it gets cold right, it goes weird. Yeah. But I was like a teenager and um, loved a bit of Lynx Africa and was just linksing myself <laughs> up because girls want to, you know, well, the advert a, tells me right? that, yeah. you know, They'll this is going to happen. Yeah. But I was allergic. I didn't realise, but I was allergic to like aerosol almost spray. everyone is. Yeah, so I was bad. getting kind of like dermatitis. Like it was like um, almost like scaly kind of skin like cracked under my arms and wherever. Just- and I was lying. Like my girlfriend from school at the time was like, "Is he, what's that? And I would lie and say like, oh, I was like climbing a rope and it burnt <laughs> under my arms because <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like, like in your story, you, you're we just as teenage boys are just in denial. We're like, yeah. oh, if I just don't look at it, it'll go or away. Anything over the top of it, yeah. no one will know. Yeah, but I, I think, and it was also in like my elbow pits, and I was like a bit of a partier as a younger kid, and um, would then rock up to work like so hungover in this cafe, and because I had these like scaly marks right in my arm, my elbow pits, oh, people were like, "Are you shooting up?" Yeah. Like one of my managers was like, oh, "We're really worried about Are you, you." A fucking junkie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was like, "No." I'm not. Only on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. And the more you're like, I'm not, please. Yeah. They're like, okay, it's fine. Look, we'll, we'll yeah. work out AA. But Did it was just Lynx Africa. Um, yes, <laughs> and all just links. And I think I'm, I got some like perfume and I wanted to smell nice. So it's just everywhere you put it, it was, oh. It gets worse. Yeah. The, the yeah. trials of being a teenage man. But 
let's be honest, Jimmy, because you're still very allergic to every product. So yeah. you still get the itchy skin. And, and you still like when I'm in the shower, come in and spread that horrible J-Lo shit. Don't, just, don't give J-Lo oh, shit. Don't give, give her J-Lo shit as shit. much as you want. <laughs> smells like, I bought Maddie some beautiful Isamyaki perfume because it smells great. It's great. But the J-Lo, I think J-Lo was just like, <laughs> can I capture the smell of burnt ants in a oh. fragrance? It is so, it is it's not. burnt ants. <laughs> okay, we're having some, uh, you know, domestics here. Josh, apologies. <laughs> yeah. um, All right. Let's, we'll we will move argue. on from J-Lo because <laughs> she uh, sucks. Skin infections. Skin infections. <laughs> um, I just want to like, yeah, I was saying to you before the podcast, I don't really prep much. So mm. what's the journey? What t- Like it's, are you strictly comp- like, tell me what do you guys, where did you start? How long have you been in it? What are you doing? Love it. Um, mm. Jimmy, do you want to? Uh, sure, yeah. I started as a, an improviser, actually. Right. Um, I had ADHD, was like not doing incredibly good at school and then I think a lot of actors go and then drama came along yeah. and suddenly my focus was like bang. But when these, this kind of theatre sports troupe came around, I think it was like year eight or nine. Here in Melbourne. Uh, in, back in Perth, sorry. I, oh, I'm, I'm from, from Perth. Perth. Hey. Yeah. Perth boys. Um, I, yeah. You went to Christchurch, was it? No, no John 23rd. John 23rd. Yeah. That's Where right. did you go? Uh, a bunch, but um, finished up at Swanbourne High. Oh, Swanee. Mm. Our bus would go past there and we were like, oh, those kids look so badass. They are. <laughs> They're a bunch of cunts. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like theatre sports came and suddenly the ability to be present and responsive to everything that was happening was like, a power rather than a curse because mm-hmm. usually it's like listen to this old dude talking about politics and I was like fuck get fucked yeah. but then suddenly being super present and picking up on everything it, it made a good kind of way of um, yeah capturing it you know in like the new Sherlock well the latest Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey mm. Jr. how he's just like limp that right. that suddenly it was like that ability to be like bang and then yeah I um started to do interschool stuff. And then this amazing mentor, this guy called Sam Longley, who's Luke Longley from the Chicago Bulls brother and a bit of a royal kind of acting royalty in Perth. Wait, Luke Longley's brother, not, not his younger brother who also played? Uh, no, Sam Longley. I don't think Sam ever played. He, he said he was terrible. No, but he was an amazing improviser. Right, right, right. Because I did a basketball camp with the Griffin? younger... Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. And he was like on the bench of the Wildcats at the time and his brother was crushing it at the time. I'm, that might have been Griffin. It's funny because Griffin writes for I think the West Australian or the Australian. Okay. So he's like a writer and then Sam is like an amazing actor and improviser yeah, and then Luke right. is, you know, this juggernaut like brick wall oh, of a man. Incredible. Yeah. 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 He picked me up once at a Bucks party, Luke Longley, mm-hmm. and just with one hand. <laughs> And, I, and he leant against a car once and just crushed the door. Like that's how ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure that I met him at another one of the things um, where like Andrew Grace and James yeah. Crawford used to come around and, and what have you. Um, They're just units. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, Sam, uh, we went to like a drama camp and, um, you know, had my first kiss with a girl. But <laughs> he kind of saw something in me and a very good mate of mine and comedian Xavier Michaelides and went, hey, do you want to just come along to this thing in Northbridge? Happens every Sunday night. We started Where, whereabouts? In, uh, it was on William Street in a place called the Hole in the Wall Theatre. I don't oh, think it no. even exists anymore. Yeah. It's opposite the Recobites, uh theatre. Was this and early 2000s? 
Yeah. Oh, this would have been like 99, 2000. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was like 16 years old, suddenly like doing professional improvisation. And then that kind of led into stand up comedy mm-hmm. and acting. And, you know, Perth, after a while, I, you know, started to, um, uh, get pretty heavily into stand-up and it was running a room called Lazy Susan's Comedy Den. But you kind of hit that wall, uh, that glass ceiling in Perth and so moved <laughs> over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moved over here and like the comedy work is shit pay over here but the opportunities you get from right. it were incredible. And But, yeah, then met Maddie. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? Uh, six years. <laughs> I can take this. Uh, this year, yeah, in March it'll yeah. be. So, um, yeah, so my background, I, I um, yeah, I've kind of been doing the old acting thing for as long as I can remember, like always right. in plays, even in primary school, loved it, or a bit of a uh, attention seeker as a child. <laughs> Still am. Still am. <laughs> <laughs> um, loved it. Was a dancer for many, many years. Right. And, um yeah, loved tap, jazz, ballet, the whole shebang and was dancing quite heavily throughout my kind of early sort of, uh, you know, high school kind of years. I was also just going to interrupt. Um, she's got some great videos of her as a very small child just being the biggest, oh. like pushing kids out of the way and being like, look oh. at me. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> I still see that sometimes. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not as bad as that anymore. But, um, yeah, got into at start of high school, um, started doing musical theatre. And apply and sort of applying for uh, auditioning rather for like amateur theatre groups and, and plays, and through that avenue realise that oh I actually like the acting part more mm-hmm. than the dancing part, um, and yeah so my family my mum's a music musician but my my dad is um, just a massive lover of film so I've always grown up just obsessed with cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a bit of a walking IMDb. Oh, my dad, um, yeah. you can ask him who won Best Actor in 1950, and he'll tell you all the Oscar winners like. Just amazing. Wow. He's so good that um, I stole him off Maddie, and we, we do like a podcast about movies. Oh, right. But it's more about our relationship and then what we think about the movie. Oh, but okay, cool. He's like the best father in law. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, my real dad, but uh, <laughs> you got some work to do. <laughs> Um, so, no, I think my love of film has always come from Dad and so we've, yeah, you know, so going to the movies together was always a thing we did and my sister's in film as well now. She's a producer and art director and all sorts of stuff. But well, um, so it's, it's, it's totally just laid across the board. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely awesome. obsessed. But, yeah, but, but none of them being in the industry as such didn't really know how it all worked. So when I was about 13 I was like, Mum, I want to be an actor and she's like, well, go, go for it. I don't know what to do. And I kind of went off and um, found myself an agent when I was about, you know, 14, 15. And um, (laughs) it's very Maddie, very like, I've I've got this. I'm doing it. That's so like beautiful about your parents is they're so supportive. Like they're just the most, I'm so lucky to have met Maddie, but her family. Because they get behind you. They they get behind me too. They come to my shows and like, Oh, man, it's like, yeah, I hate to steal, the, literally steal the mic off you, but my parents were that classic of like, oh, you want to be an actor? Well, that's that's a nice hobby, isn't it? But like my mm. dad wanted me to become a real estate agent and in hindsight probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, anyway. Yeah, no, but no, completely agree and they were very, yeah, very supportive of that. So, yeah, got myself an agent and kind of did a bunch of sort of ads and a few shorts sort What's of throughout. What's your first ad? My first ad, a Maya ad, a Maya gift card ad. What I think I was in year eight. I was a schoolgirl, 
So just like I think a schoolgirl like just walking out of a school building, nothing. I didn't even have a line. But, you know, that was yeah, my first little thing. Yeah, probably paid twice as much as what they pay now. Oh, yeah. totally. <laughs> and the brilliant. Like just a sidestep, what was your first ad? My first ad was I want to say it was Dennis Holmes maybe about two years ago. Just a fucking my head walking through a floor plan. I so love it was like that. A, studio type situation you never even see anything other than that brilliant yes. that's all they need Which to I got see off star now <laughs> perfect perfect yeah and yeah ads were it was great fun and like going back to the money thing too like you know being 14 and oh. working at subway it was nice to get a little proper paycheck yeah, and yeah. the great thing about that ad is they actually rolled it over for like three years so i got the same money every christmas Love it was amazing right um, but, yeah, I just got the bug. I just love being on set. I loved knowing all the elements of the whole production. Like I loved, yeah, seeing what the camera guys did and the lighting. Like mm. just the whole thing coming together was so interesting to me. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so got, you know, high school, moved from my – I was at a Catholic girls' school in Northgate called Santa Maria College, mm-hmm. which was fine but didn't really have much at – artistic kind of options. Really? Drama. That's interesting. Yeah. So I ended up moving for my year 11 and 12. I went to a co-ed school in Essendon called Essendon Kilo College and they had a really big art dance department and just loved it. Had an amazing kind of time there. Met some br- brilliant friends. Um, and at the very end of high school, I got um, a role in like a kid's TV show called The Elephant Princess. It was like a kid's kind of I love of how you talk it down. Fantasy show. Oh, just what? this kid's TV show. She just loved it. Ah, I, I, it was bloody – it was so good. It but was that's t- right up your alley. I imagine this yeah. disposition has been you for some time. Yeah, very yeah. much. I'm just well, – we both are just massive children really. And, and that's how we met as well was working for the Starlight Foundation, the Starlight Which Children's is? Foundation. It's a uh, basically an in-hospital program that's uh, – I'm doing my like corporate spiel now. Um, <laughs> they exist in every major children's hospital and it's right. basically we have rooms in every major hospital and it's like sort of an oasis for kids uh, to forget they're in the hospital mm-hmm. for a little while. That's awesome. But the, it's got this really cool – mythology as well is that um, there's Captain Starlights and they're from the planet Starlight and they fly down every day in a rocket ship that they land on top of the hospital and they've got these rooms and they also do like ward visits so it's just it uses all of our impro and acting performance skills but yeah then that's where we met. And yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly it. So I started working there, yeah, six, seven years ago, I would say. And yeah. um, you've, Jimmy, you've been there for about ten years now. I have. Um, yes, but still it's am. it's that perfect job for an actor where. Um, Everyone that is a Captain Starlight is an entertainer of some description, comedian, um, writer, singer, dancer, whatever it may be. Um, and the, the foundation are really supportive of all our external careers. So mm-hmm. if you ever need to take time off, like for, for gigs okay, and stuff, yeah. they're super yeah. understanding. So it's the perfect job for an actor so you could just duck off for an audition, you know, on a day and it's not a big deal. Whereas, you know, as we all know and kind of come to realise, it's so hard to find a job that's going to be mm-hmm. supportive of that over the years. But, um, That's yeah. the real hard one, hey? That's, mm. I mean, just, just on a side note, there was, um, are you, do you know Marnie Hill? Marnie Helen, yeah, I've feel I've no, I've heard the name for sure. She's um, a, 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 an actor's coach, like a career Ma- coach. Okay, right, right, right. right? Yeah. She used to work for 
Ignite, which is the agency that Shane, I used yeah. to be with. Mm-hmm. And she's just started a Facebook page called Help, I'm an Actor, I think it's called. Oh, I love that. That's but amazing. One of the topics she put up the other day was um, that last year or something that um, a number of casting directors around Australia wrote to agencies saying mm. that there had been too many rescheduling and that they were mm. going to crack down on it. And she, sure. so she, her question was, how do you feel about this? Yeah. And um, I'd had firsthand experience mm. of the crackdown where I got demoted from Ignite to Storm because I rescheduled uh, like really? eight auditions in a row. They're only yeah. TVCs, uh, but I know that that's an agency's bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, you just wanted to like change your audition time? Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I went to all of them. Um, yeah. But I had to reschedule them because it was like the busiest time in photography oh, of course. that I'd had at that time. It was spring. Um, so the question was, how do you feel about it? And just, just because of what you were saying about how hard it is to get a job that allows you to get away to, oh. to auditions and mm. stuff like that is mm. brutal. And I sort of said in a nutshell without, you know, slamming my former agent um, that – I know, like I appreciate how hard it is, but at mm. the same time, the gap between minimum wage and cost of living is the worst yeah. that it's ever been. Yeah. 100%. You cannot expect a 38, 35-year-old plus totally. actor to not go to work that day when they've got mortgages and kids yeah. and 100%. fucking just getting by and on you're going to crack the smell it. of possibly getting it. Yeah, Not even that you gave to them at, at 6 p.m. the night before yeah. and wanting them there at 9 Yeah, the next morning. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Wow. And, and I remember my agent at the time when she was like, like giving me shit about it. She's like, you know, I remember there was a time when actors were just like, you know, cut off their left arm to be at an audition. I was like, it's not the fucking 70s anymore. Yeah. Like, no, it's yeah. not romantic to sleep on your friend's couch for a year while you're yeah. auditioning. No, it doesn't fucking no. fly. And, and like the cost it, of living now is so much worse. It's crazy. Than and and, and well. so I said, look, if you're under 28 and you're rescheduling because your current job, whatever, you don't want to jeopardize that, maybe you need to look at your priorities. Yeah. Right. But if you're sort of pushing into your 30s, you, you shouldn't, in my opinion, be getting that kind of pressure for a last-minute TVC. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, every TVC, every TVC should be a self-tape straight out of the gate. 100%. 100%. Why do I need to come in? The director's yeah. not there. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're not going to call it. I think that's the way That's the way it's going. It's going like, yeah. amazing yeah. casting directors like uh, Greg Apps are just all about it. Yeah. He's like, it's the way of the future. There's, mm. there's still some people kind of stuck in the dinosaur times, but yeah, I totally agree. But it's so, like, I know you said before that we recorded, like, don't get all bitchy and moany, but, <laughs> no, like, that's all right. <laughs> let's get into it. No, it. It is hilarious that, you know, producers, directors, everyone else, if they want to bump it, it's absolutely fine. And also I do a lot of voiceover stuff as well, right. so it might just be like, oh, sorry, the scripts aren't ready today, so it's not happening today. Mm. Or they haven't gone final or they want to make some changes. It's only when you can't do it that suddenly it's this big it's, deal. It's a big deal. But like, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, you have to come on this this day. And I'm like, okay, I'll move heaven and earth. And then they're like, oh, no, actually we've moved it from Wednesday to Friday. And suddenly yeah, you're like, yeah, well, now yeah. I don't have anything. And then they, they wonder, you know, why this kind of uh, stereotype of, of the starving actor comes from. It's like because we they are. have no <laughs> control. And then also, <laughs> I'll get off my high horse in a second, we're also the, we're the, you know, the last ones to know about anything and then the last ones to get paid as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Yeah. 
and scene. <laughs> and done. <laughs> One no, thing I did is- say to them though is I, I was, um, to sort of close out my rant on that mm. was um, oh now I lost my train of thought. Mm. I was talking about like like yeah like a. Um, Priorities, and you need to get your priorities straight, and and what have you for for age gaps, and and, and what have you. Um, oh, don't you hate that when it just oh, vanishes? What did what was Marnie Hill's like um, oh, theory so on it said, anyway? Marnie was like, look, you know, rescheduling from a from an admin point mm. is is fucking bullshit, and mm. it's brutal. Mm. Um, but it's you know we're in that evolution like where 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 there's this mix of um because one of my questions was how old are these casting directors who are sending this kickback because mm. you and i had just done a a, a big p and a, a q a with mm-hmm. they didn't seem to share that opinion they were mm. like look if you're like i don't even mind if you're late because it's a bullshit to get parking i mm. thought that was yeah yeah quite incredible and and yeah why why put the rescheduling button in if you don't want anyone to do it. Yeah. And all the young casting directors That's that I've so met true. Mm. that I've spoken to, they're like, I get it, man. I totally yeah. get it. They you know, get it, yeah. You're, you know, you're in your high 30s, like, you got to get paid. Yeah. You know? And also they Oh, like, that's what it, I said. It's a request. Like, it, it's a request for the schedule. It's that's not locked in. That's what I said, yeah. yeah. I said, I can request it. You can turn around and say to me, yeah. no. Yeah. And that's fine. But mm. also they go, we're checking your availabilities. Yeah. So, oh, we've got an availability check for this time. And then when you say no, they're like, oh. But <laughs> why are you checking with my availability? Why don't you just say, here's this bloody thing. It's here or F off. Can you go or no? Yeah. yeah. If you're going. Oh, it's, yeah, it's such a funny thing. And it is, like you said, I feel like the – the the turnaround time is it's it's shorter and things are happening a lot quicker mm. now and but yeah I'm really hoping the whole self tape thing just kind of pushes on a bit more because it's just it makes so much more sense really well, it makes a lot of sense like just as your first round yeah like, absolutely and how much time would they save if they didn't have anyone coming in oh, for the first round or something totally. days right yeah. like they could just sit there and go yep 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 and nah, money nah, nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and everyone could do it of the evening mm. after work because one of their bitches was, you know, everyone wants to push it to four o'clock and of course they fucking do because yeah. they've got a job. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. we're just sitting around money growing on trees. And, you know, it's, it's going to make those people who are like cleaning up on, you know, doing self-tests for actors a little bit nervous but well, the technology is there now. Like mm. you've got to move with it. Everybody's got an iPhone. Everyone can afford go- a good lighting setup. Yeah, and and then cheap. they can just upload it on. You know, even iMovie. I'm an editor, so I'm like, Ugh, iMovie. But um, <laughs> y- y- it's really doable. Yeah, yeah. right. That, what? What? Very are, sorry, mm. I'm gonna run with your editing there. Well, are you you're, talk to me about editing. Uh, I like. Love- is that what you do when you're not? Doing the other uh, when thing I'm not or? doing Starlight and not being, um, you know, on stage, Hollywood's next hot thing. Um, I, yeah, I'm an editor. I love it. Like that. Did you train or you just learn on yep. the fly? Yeah, I went to uni and trained. Um, and uh, yeah, I loved it. Like when I was a little kid, I'd borrow video cameras, and that was my first big present. Mum was like, "Oh, you can go around the world, or you can have this shitty video camera that's obsolete now." Mm-hmm. But I was like video camera and so I loved that and then I was like oh shit like I used to film in like a dogmatic style uh, in that I just edit in camera and film the next scene but then when I finally learnt how to edit like 
that's the funnest part. That's like you've got all the bits of the puzzle and the sound and that's when you're finally clunking it together and making the story, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like mm. you write, the writer tells a story but then the editor tells the story again and the story can change a lot in the edit and I just bloody love it. Although most of my work is corporate videos right so I, like the narrative arc is often like, there's a lot of swearing yeah. that happens upstairs during those uh, times especially when you get like you're like oh so you're going final on this edit you're happy there and they're like yep sweet and then and two then, days later uh, they're like we've got some changes yeah can you can you make that person who you interviewed say something different i'm like are you, are you flipping serious like I'm not a digital animator. I yeah. can't change what was filmed. Yeah. Well, they're like, can we just create this new scene? I'm like, you, you realise we haven't we haven't filmed that. I can't just make that appear. But th- that's like, <laughs> I'm sure that's the same with photography as well. Yeah, I get, I get it. The, the only kickback that I get typically, and because my style is very, I would say it's very revealing. Like I don't mm. pump a lot of light in there. I don't smooth skin or anything like that. And this isn't a sexist comment, mm. but it is commonly the female clientele that on a really hard-hitting photo, which I love. Mm. But where like, you can see the pores of their skin. Exactly. They're like, oh. Too oh, much. Can you maybe just, and I'm like, no, no, I don't no, do no. any of that. You know, no. I gave you the full. Well, I've spiel just recently done a shoot with you, yeah. Josh, and holy shit, like it was so fun because for the first, you know, having done headshots for the last 15, 20 mm. years almost, um, where it's just pose, pose, you know, makeup, the I love whole this lot. One. Just with the um, elbow going nowhere. Yeah, just the awkward yeah. like. <laughs> there's, this always, is... there's always that one in like the classic photos. Yeah. Like, oh, and this the other one where they're just holding something like this. Yeah. Oh, so or the awkward. Shot is always that one. The like I've got an itchy head. Or is like, it? Oh, oh, I'm a little right. crazy. Oh. I always feel like you guys also have a kind of this thing going on. <gasps> yeah. yeah, we do. We pull a lot of faces. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't realize there was a camera there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <Yeah>. But <sighs> your shoot was just the opposite of that, and I loved that there was no like, okay, this is how you're gonna look. Like you'd give me like a like a, an idea to plan in my head and then I'd kind of just go there emotionally and that's what you'd capture. Yeah, that would but, um, you know, hilariously I went and got my makeup done, right, and get mm. here and Josh is <laughs> like, why did you do that? Like you, we don't need that. But it was so cool because, I, you know, we had a few shots with that and then wiped it off. And my favourite shots are the ones with no makeup on. Yeah, that one where you like kind of – Looking like that. I was oh, like, in the shed. In the yeah. shed. I, like, the- I knew my wife was sexy, but holy crap. <laughs> can, can I just take these photos and, and go into a dark room for a little while? <laughs> well, I love the one with through the window as oh, yeah, well. The window's and I've had great. so many mates comment on them going, wow, they're so like gritty and yeah. real. And that's what you want. That's what you want. But yeah, bloody love your work, mate. There Thanks, you go. mate. Yeah, no, but, but you know what? It's like, um, you, you know, you were super confident and easy to work work with like there's I think I feel like and I say I've said this many times that photographers can get a little um you know if they take a great shot a little yeah totally orchestrated that you know <laughs> I, I had nothing to do with your genetic legacy yeah you know oh. and your bone structure or your eyes or your face or whatever I might have been there to like set the light up and, and tilt it a little bit the, yeah. the, I think the real skill is when you get someone who's difficult ah you know? sure 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 because yeah. you were a breeze you know, oh, um, you know, like 
like the sort of older actor who's stepped out for a bit and comes mm. in. Yeah. They're terrified. Yeah. You know, and they haven't sure. seen themselves in a shop for a while and then, then they come to me and I should probably tell them not to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's going to be really... Confronting, ri- right? Yeah, they're not yeah. going to get a commercial gloss mm. from me. Like I just don't shoot that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's been, those are the only times I've ever had kickback was they were like, oh, this is, this is too much, too much reality. For me, yeah. you know, but I'm like, but that's what's walking into a casting room. Yeah, absolutely. Like, dude, do and not that's pretend. What, that's what we want yeah. with film. It's not an Instagram filter, and it's not a, you're not an influencer. Like, like, this is not what we want. Like, yeah, you know, one of the major beat points of any like actor's handbook is to be vulnerable. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you're absolutely. not, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Yeah, you know, totally. So, but that, um, that's a real hard pill to swallow. Mm, <laughs> you know? mm, but, totally. Yeah. But no, I yeah, I got a lot out of that. It was really cool, and yeah, I think you might have to come and get some too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so what's Love next? It. I mean, you're Good in something question. now, which is why what I saw you guys were doing, and why I was like, oh, cool, you've got something on the go. Like, because for the podcast, one thing I try not to do um, is just have an actor in here who's got their hands out. Yeah, you know, like it is the eighties and. You just have to sit and wait for the phone to ring. Mm. Yes. My whole, the sort of shtick of this um, podcast is actors who have had to learn how to edit because they've just learned how to mm. film. Yeah. Because they're having to create their own content and they're learning how to write. And now they're, yeah. they're, doing, they're doing the whole slew of things and being proactive because it's just, we don't live in that place where you can sit back. 100%. Yeah. That, I think for me, that comes from uh, being a comedian and being an improviser is like, you are not going to get any work if you don't make your own shows. So you've got to write and produce a lot. Of, to begin with, you've got to produce your own shows for the comedy festival and you've got to organize funding if you need it to, to get over to Melbourne when I was right. in Perth. And, um, and you guys have to get up on stage and work material constantly for nothing, right? Yeah. Like you've got to get oh, up. Oh man. And like Melbourne is so bad. It's like, saturated i don't really do stand-up comedy anymore for that reason like it's it's i I love it and we went and saw some uh, the other night and i was like oh i love that little buzz yeah but um it's just so hard like and and everyone who does it like credit to them because there's there's only a very small amount of roles for for comedians out there um and it's it's like being in a band you know like you're going out waiting you don't maybe get a slot until like 10 o'clock at night Mm. it's always like that the thing i found with you you know since being with um jimmy and um understanding the whole comedy world because i'd kind of not really been exposed to that prior apart from seeing a few comedy festival shows over the years but it's such an isolating career as well compared Mm. to even say an actor who you're on set with other people Mm -hmm. and you're working you're collaborating you're kind of connecting it's so lonely. Like yeah. it's such a lonely career and, um, yeah, quite I, – I feel like it would be quite dep- depressing in a way too. Oh, absolutely. There's so many – well, you just have to look at like Robin Williams and so many other comedians who have like, you know, taken their lives or being incredibly depressed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, silver lining of, of producing and making your own stuff and I'd make sketches for YouTube and I'd do all sorts of little things is that because you're creating your own material, that's how you get – paid work is because right. then people see you doing stuff and they go, oh, he, he does that. Great. Like let's use him for this ad or let's book him for that. 
You've got to be doing that. I, I would say like any actor who is still old school sitting there waiting for their agent to ring up, it's like no way. You've yeah. got to you've got to be gone, making stuff. Gone with those days. And you kind of see it now like most, particularly with the ABC, most funding and um, new shows that are going to kind of getting picked up like your aunt, Auntie Donna Boys or the cat. The cat uh, catering show those yeah. two girls they um amazingly talented actors improvisers comedians but they've gone off and created their own content a web series on youtube and built and their own audience and built an yeah. audience and then that itself has been picked up so i feel like i feel like networks and and uh you know producers are looking for the full package now it's yeah. not just oh, someone 100%. that can do one thing it's someone that can write as well and um and has often an, an already established following yeah well, that's yeah. why i started the podcast yeah. yeah. Was and and I've talked about him many many times, but a guy called Howard Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a book called "You're Going to Need a Bigger Story," <laughs> and he talks about building that audience. Yeah. And, right. And I was uh, last no, 2018, the end of 2018, started writing my first feature, Love and it. he was like, you know, you can't. It doesn't matter how good the writing is these days unless you're already connected somehow. Mm. If you want someone to take you on as a nobody, mm. they're going to be looking at all of this other stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the talent is important, obviously, but, yeah. yeah, yeah the writing still needs to be great. Yeah. It's not going to hold its own, which mm, is, yeah. No. So, I, I'm like, we I did a lot of, like, hard shit and it felt like it was just kind of going out into the ether. But then it's, isn't it weird? Like, you do some gigs and you go, oh, that sucked. But then you get this awesome gig later on and you're like, what? how did you fi- find me? Like, I got this mm. ad that was went for, like, three years and I'm like, they found me because they saw me in some comedy thing, but I was up against like Jim Owen and Koshi and they, it was for like an eggs campaign, but they oh, chose right. me because they were like, oh, he's like. And he- also. <laughs> Hello. But, yeah, you just <laughs> never know. I think like you've got to kind of always be really mindful and go just because like I didn't get an audition like or I didn't get that thing or I maybe did a project that I was like, oh, that went nowhere. You just never know where that's going to lead later mm. on. Absolutely. And I think also like going back to the whole creating thing, like we do this, we act and we, we get on stage because we love it. Like we love the feeling we get when we do it. So why just sit around and wait for a paid opportunity? Like, yeah, I just, I love doing it. So even. And you're not going to be ready if you're just sitting around waiting. hundred percent. hundred percent. Just when I first, first decided that I was going to finally do it after 20 years of procrastination or something like that. Um, I watched the thing with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman oh. and it was like a, an award ceremony or, or whatever and it was questions afterwards. I thought it was a quite a unique question to be asked after an event like that but they, were, it, they asked him what, do you, what is your number one like advice for, for actors coming up and what have you and he said act as often as you can. Yeah. No matter what yeah. it is, you know, if, just be doing it constantly. Mm. If it's for your friends, if it's, you know, look at auditions as a chance to act. Not as a chance to get a job. Absolutely. That sort of thing, yeah. And, you know, Brian Cranston, you know, the Same quote thing. that's been said a million times, that just opportunity to audition, just two minutes to show them what you love doing kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's, it, I'm yeah. giving you a gift. Mm, yeah. You know, to do you what go. you want with it. And that, yeah. again, like I think he, it was on Mark Maron's podcast, he was saying again like he did this bit part in one of the X-Files episodes. Get and out. the guy, who, <laughs> the guest director of that X-Files episode was uh, the director of Breaking Bad. Oh, my God, I'm having a blank. Gilead. Terry Gilligan? Gilligan? Something no, like Terry, Terry Gilligan's, Gilligan's from Monty yeah. Python. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Gilligan, something like that. 
Oh, anyway. Anyway. Everyone could Whatever that write means. in the comments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, and he was kind of like, and then he did uh, Malcolm in the Middle as a dad and got typecast and was like, shit, I can't get any roles. And But then um, I think it's Vince Gillick. Vince Gillian, maybe. Anyway, well, I'm sure we're So we're talking about Mark Maron or Brian Cranston? Brian Cranston was, yeah, obviously in he did that one episode and then he did this Malcolm in the Middle and got typecast. Oh, okay. But then all the way from before, that guest director on X-Files was like, we're doing this new show about this sci- like chemistry teacher who then becomes. I him from that. Yeah, and that's how we got it. So you just never know. You, you never know? fucking know. And, yeah. It's and just- that was kind of like, well, obviously Malcolm in the Middle was kind of his big, big break, but that he was, was in think Saving so. Private I Ryan. He was yeah. in Seinfeld. Like he'd, yeah. he'd been doing yeah. a lot. Yeah. But still he was like, shit, like I can't get any work even yeah. then. Yeah. And then I, I disagree. I think that Breaking Bad was his thing that shot him out there. No, that's what I mean. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, um, yeah, that's crazy to think that. Mm. But like, yeah, everything you do is, yeah, you just you just never know. But it is. It's also the fun. I've got a really one of Jimmy and my very close mates, uh, a lovely guy called Sammy Peterson. He's incredibly talented, you know, uh, comedian, but writer, producer, filmmaker. He's just constantly like he works full time, yeah. but he's constantly making stuff. He's got like three podcasts on the go. I've just been helping him produce a film for the last twelve months, like a mockumentary film, and like every dollar he earns is put into a project of some kind. He's just always pushing and for me he's only like 25 and I'm like dude like just keep doing what you're doing because it's going to pay off but he works so hard but it's because he loves it it's just he loves it and he spends every spare moment editing you can't not do it yeah you know what I mean and you get like like, there's few things that in this life that make me depressed but not being creative is definitely one of them oh big time yeah. yeah, and I've I've certainly you know experienced that kind of leaving Starlight a few years ago and kind of you know going getting into sort of like more of an admin kind of nine to five a job which look again lovely pays the bills going yep. back to the money serves thing serves its purpose yeah but I realised there was something in me that was um I was starving in a way you know mm-hmm. like the creative side of me was just like ah you know the odd audition here and there just wasn't wasn't enough so um yeah I finished up my full time role last year to just kind of you know what. Let's oh, just cool. be a bit happier. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's we're awesome. slightly, we're poorer. <laughs> but you know what? Like at the end of the day, um, you know, I've been able to just invest in all these courses and get to so many more uh, other opportunities that have cropped up that I would never have been able to take had I been working full time, I suppose. Mm. Um, full time's fucked. It's fucked. Yeah, it's, you know, so it, bad. I, was, yeah. I was saying to you guys before, I used to work in oil and gas. Yeah. Um, and that pays great. It pays mm. real good. And every now and then when it gets really tight, I'm like, should I go back to sea? You know, yeah. but I'm away for five weeks at a time, which mm. means I'm not home for six months. It's so full on. You couldn't create like a, a oil and gas theatre group on the rig somewhere? <laughs> oh. Web series. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the edge What do you reckon <laughs> the guys are like out there? <laughs> it's, that's Super something creative. I kept under my belt <laughs> when I first was out there. Oh, I bet. And, and then, But interestingly, when it finally, when I got a little older... Because at first I, I decided to become a professional photographer while I was at sea. Mm. So I kept that pretty tight and then it sort of started to trickle out through like 2 a.m. conversations with the guy you're on deck with or whatever and then you'd find there was a couple other people having a go at that and what have you. And then the acting thing came and then and then I was living in New York and I was coming out of New York mm. and going back to sea and then going back to New York. So it kind of just came out like, you know, oh, so where do you live, mate? Well, I live in New York. 
why? And then the me- I had people like old boys, you know, been at sea for 40 years, like send me messages on break and what have you like, mm. you know, I just, I wish that I had done something like that. Wow. Yeah. You know, keep it up and stuff like that was pretty cool. And I think that's going back to my parents and how supportive they were earlier in the podcast. Like my dad was in a job for 35 years, miserable, hated it, like Mm. got that job pretty much straight after high school and did it because it paid the bills and helped support the family. But he was so miserable and it never utilised his creative side, which he's Mm. a brilliant writer and obviously obsessed with film and could have done all these things that he kind of, you know, screenwriting or whatever, but sort of felt this necessity. And I think maybe that boomer age as well, there was only a few things that you kind of had the options of doing. Um, it's ingrained into them to be a provider. Provider. Mm. And he certainly was that and he was amazing dad. But he, one thing he always said to my sister and I is just find a job that you love. It doesn't matter how much it pays. As long as you've got a roof over your head, do something that you get satisfaction from. And I mm. think that's always stuck with me. Um, and, yeah, it's. I think that's definitely going to be something we'll pass on to our Children, yeah, we have and then they'll rebel <laughs> and become like a lawyer or, oh, a, or doctor a doctor. Or exactly, <laughs> wouldn't mind that. that yeah. That's totally. They can look after us while yeah. we work. Yeah. Nice audition. Little, uh, <laughs> granny flat out the back. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank yeah. you very much. But so, yeah. what are you guys working on now? Well, um, what are we? Our, our main project. So, obviously, uh, we haven't really talked about it, but no. we were on a reality show about making Lego. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and so we. Speaking of creativity, yeah. we're also massive children that like to play with toys and make make things out of Lego. So yeah, so that was really fun, and like obviously, we love working with children. And um, afterwards, we got to meet like heaps of the people that were watching it and it was so many kids who uh, often would burst into tears when seeing Maddie uh, just because, oh, my God, she's real. Um, but, yeah, we, we have this huge child following, which is amazing. That's and crazy. Yeah, hopefully yeah. Uh, if there's any kids watching this, sorry for the swears. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> but they're like, Dad, you're talking like Dad. Um, but, yeah, so we've got this big child following and I've done lots of children's theatre and obviously you've done yeah, kids' yeah. shows. So we are doing a kids' comedy festival show uh, starting 28th of March for the comedy festival called The Brick of Destiny. And so we've travelled around all throughout these places and we found this like rare artefact. It's this magical brick that can change to any shape and the show is us, you know, it's almost like a TED talk of us going, here's this amazing brick. However, very quickly into the show, the brick has gone missing. Uh, This meanie figure has stolen it. And we go on a very interactive quest to try and get it back. And, and we get kids up. The crowd and, or? Uh, well, I can't say. Oh. I can't say. You have to come and see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, but okay, we okay. get kids up on stage and they help us out. And there's some very uh, improv sketch, yeah. bit of panto kind of vibe. There'll be lots of plastic Lego brick building just in case we get sued. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it, it'll be really fun. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy and I have obviously yeah been a cap- Captain Starlight's together for a long time and we've done a lot of kids emceeing gigs and you know we're, we're married so we bounce off each other quite well. So do you rehearse so this at home together like is that how it plays out? Like uh, Once I finish writing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're in the right. writing process at the moment. But yeah, um, but but yeah you're already definitely. booked. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's kind of how comedy fe- – hilariously, and I've only just realised this because this is my first comedy festival show. Right. Very nervous. But um, Are you? Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm not nervous because I'm doing it with Jimmy. I think if it was a solo thing, I'd probably poop my pants. But I think knowing that we're doing <laughs> it together, so it'll be fun. Um, Isn't it crazy though, just that uh, like 
you don't strike me as someone who deals with nerves or not not oh. deals who, who has to who, who they come up because you're you're very um, confident and you know transparent. It seems. Yeah. You know? Look, I do have a very good face for that Your poker face. Poker for face. It. And I'm the but same. I do. Yeah. But like I'm terrified inside, shaking. That's exactly and, me. And I'm like, I get off the audition or whatever, and all class, and I'm like, oh my god, I fucking. So much adrenaline. Like, oh man, you look so confident up there. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like in your mind, your yeah. voice is shaking. Yes, and you've got this like weird twitch that comes in, and <laughs> yeah, I hate that twitch. Oh, the twitch. I was like many years ago on a school bus trying to defend a girl's honour, and these boys, I think it was from Christchurch or maybe Scotch, were on there, and they were like, "Oh, you Scotch. fucking you dickheads!" And I was like <laughs> trying to stand up, be like really tough, and I got the face twitch. I was like, <laughs> and the guy was like, "What is wrong with your face?" I'm, I'm like, "Crazy!" It's, that's the twitch. Which I get before I kill someone. <laughs> but I like going back to what you say. I think a bit of terror is is good fuel. It's just oh, yeah. once it, it, as long as it isn't c- incapacitating. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It just means that you care. I think. But oh, this is an interesting conversation because is that just something that we tell ourselves to deal with the fucking the 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 the, the, the horrible feeling of nerves? Mm, I fucking you know hate what? them. It's, I absolutely I th- hate them. Totally. And I think you know. A little bit of it can can help fuel and be good, but then sometimes, like I had an audition yesterday, and I was so nervous, and it just—I think it screwed me. Like yeah. it really screwed me. I got really put off, and I just, I just wasn't in it. And I, yeah. So I think it's very, yeah. It's it interesting be- that you say that. I, I think you could be correct. I think for me, it gives me a bit of fuel. It makes me just like kind of rise up, especially for stand-up or right. live comedy. You just have to have that ability to kind of get up there and project. And But, but yeah, like weird things start to manifest. Like I was doing fine until, oh, for like two years I just started to throw up before every performance. Oh, Jesus. And I, I, apparently that's quite common. That's common, yeah. But like some of the Beatles, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to – you know, compare myself to <laughs> nice John Lennon. But if there. the shoe fits. Um, but, yeah, so, like, lots of famous people and infamous people, yeah. um, you throw up. And then I, like, I still to this day have to, like, go for a pre-show poo. Oh, the, yeah, I get that one. Yeah. yeah. But it's sort of like your body, it's, it, it can't be good because it's like a disconnect. Your body just starts, like, my head is pretty good now. My brain is like, yeah, you're going to be fine. Like, even if you fuck up, you can improvise your way out of it. It's so fine. But my body goes, ha, 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 ha. Because you have yeah. cellular retention of those times where mm. it really hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. And if you did it for a period of time, it remembers that. So I have that real, what you just said, that disconnect where my mind is totally on top of it. I know nothing bad is going to happen. I found a great sentence when I went for my first audition, when I first started acting, and it was a student film and I was fucking terrified. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, dude. This is it. There are a bunch of kids in there. You're 32 years old. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And I could hear my dad saying, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like, fuck, I know everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can pee my pants. Yeah, no, like I could make a total fool of myself, rah, 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 until I finally found this sentence and I had just been working with a life coach who had really, she t- totally like flipped my life on a oh, 180 wow, for the amazing. best kind of way. Um, and she's like, language in your mind is so important and it's the words that you use. They may not work for someone else. It's the words that you use for you. you got to find the right ones. And it was a sentence, your life is only going to change if you get it. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. You're never going to hear from them. No one's ever going to yeah. see it. 
it's going to be exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. So you have everything to win and nothing, nothing to, to lose. Win. Yeah. And I was wow. like, boom, walked in there and got it. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I was still nervous and everything. Of course. But but the um, I don't find that the nerve thing gives me fuel. I find yeah. it is is detrimental Quite to me yeah. always. When I get when I get apart, and then I'm, I can do almost anything. I yeah. reckon when it's when I have the role, yeah, and I'm out there, and there's 20, 30 people standing around, and that I need you to cry. I need you to do this. All the shit that I would be terrified yeah. to do in, a, in an audition, I'm good to go. Yeah, and you I, know? it's interesting you say that because I think the energy helps me get up, but then. I think to be too energized makes you manic and you miss stuff. Yeah, and you're yeah. rapid. And you, you, you do can't need save to come from a calm, meditative yeah. place because you you won't hear, especially in improvising, when you know there's no script and someone's like, "Oh, here's the name of your right, character." You'll slide over it. You need to be able yeah. to to be calm to take that in. So I, yeah, you do have a a point. So have you found, Josh? There's been something in particular that helps with those nerves. Do you, do you like meditate or do anything? Yeah, like, like I'm just I'm on my. F- Fifth day of meditation in a row for the first time in my life. I've been in and out of it for two years now. Um, It's great. It's great. But I, it there's this huge transition, and the more and more I'm reading about it, like if I do, if I don't do meditation right, or it's kind of like a half-winded one, I actually will be in limbo Mm. for days and days where I'm I'm feels like I'm slipping out of brainwave patterns, Mm. and my focus is gone, and bad shit happens. Wow. Like we were talking about Christmas and how was my Christmas. Yeah. I had a really, I tried to do a self-guided meditation mm. and I've since Googled this and found out that it, it really can, if it's not started the right way and the arc is not completed and mm. you were talked out of it back into yeah. beta or whatever it is in, instead of theta, which is where you, is that open to um, yeah. Space. the recording yeah. and everything yeah. of new programs and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was like two weeks, three weeks of like dizzy spells wow. and just bad shit happening, right? Like I had really? a car accident. <gasps> my car was stolen. No. And it broke shit. down twice within like a week over Christmas. Kidding? And oh my just, God. you know, when there was like no money and the jobs had dried up, a wow. baby on the way, then just, you know, $2,000 worth of expenses oh, come through and blah, 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 blah. And then I did all this research on. On, on meditation and what have you and they're like it can happen for some people where yeah. shit just gets bad if it's not done right mm. and, wow. you're, and, and if you're stepping in and out of it constantly sure what sure. sort of meditation were you doing uh, da, 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 da. I, I subscribe to a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza okay. yeah. um, which I highly highly recommend yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. but I was just kind of finding bits and bobs and I have sure. that um, Gaia App, do you know the one I'm oh, talking about? Yeah, I know it. It's got all these educational stuff on there, but a bunch of meditations. Yeah. And I think I was just trying different ones all the time. Mm. Yep. And now I'm just sticking to the one. Yeah, I, I just yeah. do the one. I do mindfulness meditation three, yeah. three times a day. Right. But just for Whoa. five minutes at a time. Okay. And it's the all you're doing is just being uh, in the present moment. Yeah. So, but the cool idea is that it's the, the only – there's no way of doing it wrong. You just go begin again. Right. So you're breathing in and out and all that sort of stuff, but you're just any time a thought happens, you're aware of it and you just begin again. There's no there's no like, oh, you've 
effed it up. You no, just, no, 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 it is no, the yeah. process of just trying to be present. And sometimes that is so, it's like washing your brain. But yeah. they sort of talk about how it's sort of, your mind is like a waterfall. So all these mm. thoughts are going on and it's just stepping behind the waterfall and just allowing all that to happen, but just being present. And I do it for five minutes, three times a day when I wake up at lunch break before bed. Yeah. Okay. And that, that works for me. I think, um, yeah. I, the, the kind that I do, like the Joe Dispenza kind is like time collapsing where you are creating yeah. the future, your future self. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, and cool. connecting to yeah. him or her. So yeah. in my meditation I have future me mm. appears behind me. Mm. Wow. Okay. And puts I can see my, how that could go astray yeah, if you don't do it right. Yeah. And puts it, I put my finger into my back and, and then pump the future me oh, wow. through wow. me and out into the universe now. So it's yeah. creating. So I'm living like it's already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. And this guy that I've just found, I couldn't, couldn't tell you the name, his name, but um, it's the best one that I've found, the one that I connect to the most. It's 15 minutes. And I've just had 20 shoots in the last week, which is like my max. Wow. That's like from 8 till 8 at night. Yeah, yeah, flat yeah. Flat out. Um, and normally I would. I would struggle at like two in the afternoon. I'd be napping, but mm. I've been doing this meditation. It really re-energizes you. I mm. am pumped. Yeah, you know? yes. like, and I do crash when I get home and I sleep fine. And but I'm still managed to get exercise in there too. And yeah, yeah. editing sense. photos at night and learning two other, three other auditions that I've had this week. Like, yeah, it's really like giving your brain like a shower. I, I think 100. percent It yeah. feels like, yeah. and that's people forget to do that, and yeah. then they kind of just go through a whole day or a whole week. And, you know, they're getting the right amount of sleep or whatever, but they're mentally exhausted. Mm. Yeah. And I've... I've um, or dirty. Yeah. I do five <laughs> minutes every, mo- every morning. Yeah. Um, and uh, for, uh, for the last couple of months I've been doing it and I've noticed such a change in my mental state. Like I'm, I'm a very positive person, but when it comes to myself and my like self-esteem and like not getting... Um, oh, the under the table <laughs> Yeah, the pad. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a You've good on you. Oh, You've got this. Yeah. tell them. Yeah. Um, uh, that's where I struggle. So like, you know, um, working really hard on an audition and just investing everything and then kind of thinking you've done a good job and then not hearing anything, like then just beating myself up for weeks about mm. it um, is where I struggle. And I just got to a point last year where I was like, I need to change this mindset. It's just too much. And, yeah, the meditation has really helped. Just go being in the moment, go and do my thing, enjoy it, then let it go. Just yeah. let it go and forget about it. And I think – that's something I'm like, damn it, why haven't I not been doing this for a long, much longer? Isn't it crazy? You know, yeah. no, it's not like I haven't known about it. You know, I know. like my dad yeah. meditated when I was a kid and so did my mum, you know, and it has taken me this long. My buddy says it best. He goes, it's the hardest, easy thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people think it's going to be more complicated than it is and they're like, oh, well, I'm not at the right stage to be organised <laughs> enough to do that. It's like, mate, just do it. Just It'll fucking just, do it. Yeah. Howard Stern was talking about of Jerry Seinfeld. They're both big um, transcendental meditation oh, wow. fellas. Yeah, um, Jerry Seinfeld's been doing it for like 30, 40 yeah, years yeah, or something, yeah, right? Yeah, long well, time. I, it, Seems like it's working, it's working. for him. Yeah. yeah, same for Howard. Hugh Jackman's a big fan. But he said, you know, when people say, oh, I just can't, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, he's like, mate, if you can't fight 20 minutes, you've got bigger problems. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You really can't. It's just, and this is a Tony Robbins thing, we do everything that we must. Yeah. yeah. And my dad was like, what do you mean by that? Because I was having a crack at him the other day. I said, you must make money to pay your mortgage. Mm. So you find every way to do it. You go around, pick up washing machines, and this is what he's done, off the side of the road and fix them up and sell them because you must. Mm. But you don't consider coming to spend more time with me in Melbourne a must. Mm. So you won't do it. 
Yeah. Mm. And until you do, right now you've got a million other reasons why you don't need to. Mm-hmm. You're 75, you shouldn't have that many reasons. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so we do it's the really things we must, yeah. you know, Absolutely. until you make it like I have to. Yeah, this you is will a find part it. of it. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. know, it's like I have to put fuel in that car if I'm going to get to my job. Yeah. I don't just yeah. go, ah, well, we'll, worry, we'll worry about it today. Yeah. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Absolutely. You're not fucking going anywhere. Mm-hmm. To answer your question from before, I recently found a way, and I'm not 100% it's worked all the way, but I definitely felt a shift. I was super nervous about something. I think it was, it was my first... Film audition, professional film audition yeah, here wow. in Melbourne. That was last year Amazing. for um, Halifax. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Amazing. I think they're doing it. I'm sure it's not a show. I'm sure it was. A- it, there's like a telly movie, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like a. Re- but the way that TV is now, it's more budget than most movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Amazing. And I was really, really nervous because it was not, you know, it was more for me to get in the room. It was a TV yeah. presenter and I looked like this. Like I was never going to get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But Who I was, was casting super, it? It was Nathan Lloyd. Ah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the nerves start to come up yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. in my gut. And I was like, oh, now I'm just going to say, great, bring it on. I love the nerves. Mm. Yeah. How are you? You know, like, cool, let's do it. And they just stopped. As soon as I really? welcomed them in and didn't fight wow. them, you just they like, were yeah, like, this is happening. Oh. Well, it's interesting you say that. I think it's going um, – I've been listening to this amazing um, – it's called Commune. It's basically Russell Brand's presenting this 12-step program yep. and it's incredible. And one is of it? them – one of them is it's just letting go of the ego and the control like you don't have control over your universe is it, and you and it's really egotistical to think that you do and yeah. i think he likens it to like don't get angry in a traffic jam that you can't control like but we're constantly like why is this why can't i get to this place why is all this stuff happening i need to do this it's like oh why are you being so hard on yourself you can't don't get angry at yourself you can't control it and it is that kind of like oh i'm just gonna let go of of things going right Mm. uh in inverted commas and just kind of go i can only do what i can do and that's so freeing and that's why suddenly the nerves go away i implemented this thing maybe about 18 months ago where if i ever caught myself doing this in traffic yeah that i would laugh at myself afterwards Ah, you know because i'm on the road all day yeah. And I see some fucking banana shit. Oh, especially in Melbourne. I, I could lose it yeah. If, yeah. if, like, and it just, because it is really hard. And, and Joe Rogan said it once the reason why people get so pissed in traffic above mm. all other problems is because we're in this heightened state of awareness because yeah. mm-hmm. we're driving. And there's it, danger involved, I suppose. It's life threatening. Yeah. yeah. You know, when people do, I mean, you, t- you get so insulted. By yeah. someone cutting you because you could die, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably 100%. not. But well, yeah. I mean, uh, Erica had um, this fucking prick cut her off in traffic intentionally because she pulled out because she was being pressured by the people oh. behind her, and it was pouring rain. Uh. And then he kept in front of her every time oh she went God. to go past and was slamming on the brakes and was, and like a pregnant woman pregnant. in the car uh. behind us, like this late fifty-year-old dude in a Ute, just yeah. an asshole losing yeah. his mind, and it really rattled her. You know, oh, as, understandably, as it does, yeah. you know, and 
Traffic does it to us. It's mm. fucking crazy. There's probably me in the car. Absolutely. But it became a real problem. There was a few times when I actually almost, thank God, got physical with people. Like we, right. we, I've almost had a few fights with people because it's so heightened. But I've done exactly the same thing now. I have to actually laugh. And if someone does something, rather than be like, you know, F you, buddy, I just wave and smile. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy now does the, instead of the old, it's, he puts a thumbs up out that if someone's done something annoying, he just goes, thank you. Oh, <laughs> but there's, there's times it, it it's like uh, the Jekyll and Hyde, I think. Sometimes you, you are just stepping back and this beast comes out and goes, oh, you've insulted me. I've got to like, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the word? I guess like um, uh, live up to my family name. I've got to protect my, in, yeah. you know, integrity and you I've got to go to show people that me. I'm the master of my world and mm. how fucking dare you. And uh, like there was a point, well, it wasn't that long ago where I it didn't happen but I went, why, why the hell did I do that? Like I could have got a criminal record or yeah. I, could have, I, I could have lost my working with children. Like just because someone cut in front of me? Yeah, like, when it yeah. doesn't matter and it's going to happen tomorrow and it's going to happen the next day yeah. and the day after that, you know, it's going to happen every fucking day. Yeah. It's good to be mindful. Like now when I feel that feeling of like, ooh, I should do this right now, I, in any situation I go, oh, is that is that necessarily a good instinct to have? Like yeah. to go and tell that person what they've done wrong. Is that necessarily <laughs> going to help their life or am I doing that just right. for my ego? And chances are they're either not going to listen yeah. or the other thing that I is – they could be having a real fucking bad day. Well, yeah. that's exactly you know? exactly right. You just real never bad know. Day, sleep deprived. They just lost their job. They're on the way to hospital. Someone's yeah. dying. Who the fuck knows? Exactly. You know? But yeah, going back to that, you know, you're not in control of your universe concept um, is something that we just. I need to remind myself to apply to this industry that we're in, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't. So I think it, you have so little control, and I think for so long being a slight control freak that I am. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it would just infuriate me when I just, yeah, I feel like, you know, I've, things are getting in order and then they just would fall apart. And so it's just coming to that, you know, realisation that I can do what I can do as best as I can and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like I can't mm. control any of this and, you know, no matter how talented or prepared or whatever you may be, it's just completely in the universe is kind of... Uh, yeah. and, learning, and also you're learning how to work smarter, I think, now. Work smarter. If you're getting yeah. this TVC, you know, 6pm the night before, you're not going to do your eight steps and your... Spend three hours you know, all that Because it's just not practical. No. And also... You know, you can use your life experience to to work out the really important things. Mm -hmm. If you get the if you get the gig, I'm so sorry to all my acting teachers who will be like, what, "How dare you!" Mm. If you get the gig, great, apply those things, but work smart. You yeah. know, like otherwise you're going to just burn out. Hundred percent, man. Yeah. I've, I've, I've applied this. We were talking about it before, but for almost everything, and I. I do have to mediate it a little bit to make sure it's not just laziness. Mm, absolutely, but yeah. Like. How much can I? How, how how far can I get to where I need to be with as little amount of input as I can mm. on, and so that I can start to identify what my natural instincts are mm. and yes. which ones are good and which ones are bad. So true, right? So you know, true. so if I can, if I can, you know, sit down with the script for as little amount of time as possible to the 
obviously the point I need to learn mm. learn the lines because we can't cold read here. Um, but then just trust the instincts and and not and use this as an instinct testing like Absolutely. exercise, yeah. not a, not a role acquiring exercise yeah. or whatever. Just just to to, to know how quickly yeah. who 100%. I am. Yeah, in that zone. Yeah. I've know? just done. Um, Josh, a five-day pilot season intensive here in Melbourne uh, run by Shane Connor, an Aussie actor now living in LA. He's on Neighbours years ago in Wentworth, great Aussie actor. And he um, he's, was over in Melbourne and ran this kind of this workshop. And basically each day you get paired up with a different actor and you get the script um, literally 20 minutes before you go up. So you go in there, you, you kind of read it, you work out, you know, who you are, what you want. And then you go out and you just do it. And it's all about that that instinct of what comes. And I suppose that's more of what they're doing in the States, obviously, with cold reading and stuff. But I swear it's some of my best work that I've done because right. I haven't overthought it and I haven't just 100%. spent hours like drilling and working out who I am, what the circumstances, like my relationship with yeah. these people. I've just gone in and applied my maddiness to the character and it just was so much more real and um, connected, I think, than any of the work and yeah. hours that I've slaved over auditions before and I'm like, holy shit, why have you I not what? made this easier for myself for the last <laughs> 20 years? And you're trying to create real life and absolutely like not to discredit the hard work that you should do if you get the role but yeah, sometimes, it's different. You're, yeah. <clears throat> sometimes, you know, a person in real life isn't thinking about all that shit. They're that, just yeah. literally in the moment. In the moment, they create, want that thing. Yeah. Subtext for an audition. Yeah. Like just it's whatever's there for you already. Absolutely. I think. Anyways, that's how I look at and it. And if like, you like, well, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go for oh, it. Um, Jeff Seymour, we were listening to his mm. stuff and he's just like, you know, you, you can you can relate to those things that you're in. Be in the room, be real and you're going to do so much better than thinking about like 20 pages worth of shit that you've written down. Then you're up Backstory in your head and, and you're not yeah. in your body. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just going to, it's more of a hindrance than a, a help. I think so. Mm. I, I, I learned that in a um, Thea McLeod workshop where I had laboured over this fucking one-page scene so much that when it came unraveled, I, I lost it. You know what I mean? I couldn't collect because I was I, it had to be all of this prep, you know, yeah. instead of it just being super loose and not... And just, just going with it. I don't yeah. know, yeah, just feeling, the, you know, like all the classic stuff, but just feeling those real beats mm-hmm. like I would, not like... How I think the character the should, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so Fuck true. what the character would do. And so you've done true. so much work, like, and then they go, "Oh, sorry, we want a blonde guy." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's, so that, yeah. that's going to. Like maybe once, great. Like, but you've got to work smart because if you're just like smashing it out until like three o'clock in the morning, and then it's I don't know, like a seven a.m. bloody audition, and you don't get it, yeah. that's gonna it's fuck fucked. with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that I was. I feel like I was very fortunate in the beginning to, whether it was self-preservation or arrogance, to sort of say to myself, if I didn't get it, then it must have been because I wasn't the right look. Mm. Not because I didn't, I didn't mm. do a good job. Yeah, <laughs> you know like, what I mean. Damn it, no way. I always crushed. They obviously it. wanted someone uglier. Yeah, mm. well, they wanted someone who was, you know, female or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, um, as a way of just never going down that rabbit hole of That's, of yeah. um, analysis. Ooh. You know, and yeah. I was listening to January Jones talk on um, Dax Shepard's podcast. I don't know if you listen no, to Armchair no. Expert. 
put that I on haven't, your list. but I've definitely I listened to Justin Long's podcast, Life Is Short, and oh. he's quite quite good friends with Dak Shepard, oh, and he okay. always references it. It's so but, good. Um, so yeah. good. And she was saying, yeah, I just never beat myself up about auditions. I just always figured I wasn't the right look. Yeah, yeah and I that, love that, that idea. That. But yeah, yeah, I guess like you have to footnote it and say I think we've already said this, but like. Obviously, work hard, but work smart. I yeah. think yeah. be like, economical yeah. with your moves. And yeah. that's yeah. Exactly definitely no, yeah. like laziness is not the way. You do no. have to work hard, hundred percent. Just in case Absolutely. anyone's going, oh sweet, these guys said don't work and just walk <laughs> up. No, no. Yeah, no, no, fuck no. them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been my big life lesson for the last sort of 12, 18 months. Is um, yeah, utilizing my time more, and yeah. I think yeah, things will kind of work out if they're meant to be. And hundred yeah. percent right. We, you. I think at this point we've got the goods to be able to deliver in an audition. Yeah. You know, and if you're trying to fuck yourself up with all these planned moves, Mm. you're going to fuck yourself up. And half the time they're like, so like, for example, I learned a script last week for an ad and then we went in and I'm like, I really, I just want to go in and improv. Like, because I feel like this script, they've purposely undercooked it and they want, they want to see what they do on the floor. And I'm so, and she went, yeah, don't worry about the script. We're just going to improv it. And like, imagine if I had gone, okay, what's my beats? Like, do I pause here? Where have I been? It's a massive curveball. Yeah. 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 I, I, when I first moved to Melbourne, I haven't actually had it a lot since, but I had like three in a row where after the dialogue was done, they were like, okay, now we want to have a conversation with you as the character. Mm. Which I loved, you know, gives you that chance to be improv. But if I hadn't have done my work too and understood what the story was about and sure, a little absolutely. before mm. where I where was I, where am I headed, I would have fucking Yeah, totally. Yeah. You would have been lost. No I, way. I think there's really important things. You do need to know who you are to a mm. degree. You do need to know what the, you know, previous circumstances are and, and where you go. You have a little bit of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, all that kind of like, who, who's my uncle? And you know, yeah, what's the secret? Where was of I this born? Story and, you yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. important. But yeah, yeah, For the early stages anyway. Not so, really so necessary. I feel like I just backtracked on everything. I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just look. This is what someone someone reached out the other day on like a group forum and said, um, you know, I'm at this stage where I'm like I'm just coming up a little bit and I want to know what people think about student films and what they think about having showreel scenes done and blah, 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 blah. And I piped up and said, look, in the beginning, do everything. Mm. Anything you can get your hands Mm on. When you've got good footage, whether you got that through showreel scenes or whether you got that through, Mm. you probably didn't get it through a student film, let's be honest, Mm. Uh, or you booked (laughs) little parts or whatever, then use that and then, then be economical with... Your moves and, mm. and be as, as effective as you can. So this is what I'm doing now with student films and which is what we talked about before. Absolutely. Just do the ones that are handed to you. Yeah. You know, because yep. you've done a lot of work or whatever um, because you, otherwise you just you And just know lose your value time. as well. Know your value. I think something I've kind of – it's taken me a long time to realise is like being confident in myself and my ability and not going, oh, oh, I better, you know, do everything that I can because, oh, I don't know, I'm just now at a point where I'm like, no, I'm I'm, I'm good and I'm going to pick the things I want to do because they're going to uh, fulfil me. Exactly, yeah. or propel or whatever it may be. Um, but that's taken a long time. That takes a long time. A long and time. You, got, you know, there's a bit of that um, imposter syndrome that comes in there oh, where you yeah. feel like you're, 
you know, maybe oh, am I am I at that stage where I can tell these people yeah. to fuck yeah. off or whatever, you know, yeah. in the nicest way possible. Yeah. I definitely now have a hard and fast rule after having, you know, gotten through to the 15th draft of a feature film and working mm. with um, yeah. a script coach and producer mm-hmm. that when it when a script comes through, if it's not in the right format and there's grammatical errors everywhere. It's a, it's a telltale sign. It's mm. gone. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a shit show. Also, I think, like you said, always read the script yeah. before saying yes. Yeah. Just in case it turns out to be a porn. <laughs> <laughs> Number one life lesson. Oh, I, I actually, when I was very young, had this script come along and, yeah, I was like, oh, this is, oh, guy's getting blown. Oh, this is happening. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is pretty much a porn. Like it was so weird. Yeah. yeah. Right. God, student film. Those weird ones of like, please send a photo, like for the ladies, please send cock. a photo in your underwear. And it's like, Aww. oh, God. Yeah, we just need to Didn't see me. what uh, you look like for the um, <laughs> nude work that isn't in the film. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. so from now, from here on out, you've got the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you really, really want to do? Like what's yeah. your perfect situation from here? In terms of genre or acting or stage or whatever. Totally, totally. Personally, I want to get over to LA. That's my plan for the end of- Been before? We went last year. To um, work or just check out? Just to check out, suss it out. Did some Um, Groundlings workshops. Oh, really? Went to Howard Fine. So Dax was at Groundlings. Oh, cool. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, uh, did some Howard Fine. That's where we study here in Melbourne. Jimmy teaches at Howard Fine as well. Oh, wow, cool. He's an improv teacher. Improv actors. I can never get their scholarship. I've applied a couple times now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky one. Good old get. acting schools. They're so cheap, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, popped over there and just loved it. Ate it up and I was just felt an instant uh, gravity towards there and uh, towards LA. And I, yeah, I've just applied for a whole bunch of scholarships to hopefully help get over there. But, you know, whether or not that happens, I think we're going to go over for three months in May, May-ish. And, um, yeah, just do some study and, yeah, just kind of audition, sort of get that happening. My ideal kind of career move now, and and as we discussed before, I've done a lot of kids' television, mm. a lot of light entertainment, comedy. I really – I love gritty stuff. Like yeah. I, the stuff I watch personally is really hard hitting. Oh kind God. of, I watch yeah. very dark stuff, and, and you're I, able to dial into it like that too. Yeah, from, oh, from, yeah, from being so bright and then, mm. which but I was also impressed there's, with. There's something a bit scary about that that character who who can go from like happy to, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 and yeah. I just think, uh, sadly, um, the industry here it's just not very big, and I think mm. I've realised that. You know, a lot of my my colleagues, you know, acting colleagues have moved to the States for that very reason. And and writers as well, good writing Mm. friends have kind of, who we sort of see as incredibly successful here in Australia, have kind of reached that glass ceiling and have gone, no, we need to kind of extend. So, um, look, that's where I'd like to go. But, look, I would... I would bloody love to do a film here if mm. the opportunity came. It's just that, mm. yeah, the opportunities, I suppose. Yeah, likewise, I'll take what I can get. But um, <laughs> I, like, you know, I look at people like, um, you know, Robin Williams, Steve Carell, uh, Eric Banner, mm. who all had those sort of comedy uh, beginnings. And I love playing um, villains. I love kind of, yeah, I, I think there's something really yeah, that you can dial into having been a, a funny person. Right. You really know <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah, it's not always like that and you can mm-hmm. kind of dive into those pretty dark places and 
bad guys are so much fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I'd love to kind of, and you know, like Eric Banner's done Chopper, yeah. um, you know, uh, Robin Williams, Goodwill Hunting, Steve Carell, um, Fox Hunter yeah. Ranch, like Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher. Mm. Um, they just do bad guys oh, so yeah. you well. The Morning Wars. Uh, oh, not yet. That's on my list. That's like a, the morning TV show. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Steve Carell. Yeah. yeah, he's like a Matt Lauder oh, type amazing. character. Amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I love comedy, Perfect. but like putting it out there, that would be that would Stuff be sick. Stuff to sink your, sink your teeth so into. And- so what, like if that's the move that you want to take, what – what are you going to do to make that transition? I already am. Um, well, I was with an agent in Perth and I moved over to Melbourne about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and my I stayed with my agent and oh, they were frog, like, oh, we're going to – more creative artists. Oh, that's I'm not right. with them anymore. So, right, yeah, uh, But yeah. I was just like, um, you know, look, this is what I want. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Okay, yeah. this is what I want. And then finally I just went, look, I want, I want to be doing – I want to be doing auditions for TV. I've been in Melbourne for 10 years. I'm getting sweet F all. I'm, I know I'm good. I like not a wanker thing. Yeah, I've, I've, no, got, right. I've got the skill. Yeah. I want to be going for TV and film. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, um, yeah. And I'm like, I've filmed all this stuff. I've got this show reel. Can you send it out to the casting agents? And my man and my agent was like, oh, I don't want to really like annoy them. And I was like, see ya. See ya. <laughs> And, and they, it's so weird though. I was like, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I got an eight. I now I'm with um, Active Artist Management who are amazing. Uh, they're Maddie's agents as well. And just like straight away starting to go for things. And yeah, right. it was just so weird. Yeah. I just kind of went, you know what? Know if you're not nice, giving me that, yeah. I'm going to do that. And yeah. yeah, that's kind of my trajectory now. And I think you just, you have to be really vocal. Unfortunately, agents and casting directors are not psychics and they don't know. And that, like we were saying before the podcast, um, they're busy and they, mm. do, they can't <coughs> spend time imagining what you might be capable of. <laughs> you have to go, hey, hand it to them. Just because I'm a comedian doesn't mean I just want to do TV commercials yeah. and comedy guest spots. Yeah. Uh, I want this and I will... Um, you know, do little improvised videos and send them out. And that's what Greg Apps has actually yeah. taught me is that you um, you have to you have to make it easy for them to make that decision. Yeah. They can't be like, oh, I'm just going to stop and wonder what Jimmy's capable of because I've got so much time yeah. looking I've at these thousands of thumbnails. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to exactly. look at this one particular guy and be like, hmm, well, you know, he's just got a headshot, but mm. I'm just going to imagine him with all these different wigs or whatever. And yeah, Hence the character headshots as well though. Like yeah. just yeah. giving an agent or casting agent, um, casting director the you in all these roles and what you can do rather than just the, you know. Pretty pretty face. Yeah, shot. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have a similar issue going on with my agent at the moment, where um, I, I eighteen months ago played Ned Kelly in a feature film. Yes, oh, oh my god, we can't wait to see it. Yeah, so exciting. And it's playing at two like two cinemas throughout February. Oh, wicked! Next month, right? Thornbury Theatre. Yeah, Thornbury, oh, and a place in Geelong. It's got like fourteen sessions in Geelong and two sessions Amazing. here in Thornbury. First show sold out in two hours. Incredible. I've sent this to my agent. No. Four times now. Oh, Crickets. Man. Really? Nothing. Haven't uh, commented on the footage. I've asked them to get casting directors to come along to the screening. Yeah. Nothing. Not a response, not nothing. Oh, frustrating. 
Christmas. Damn. That's not good for me, man. Yeah. You're playing you know? Ned Kelly. It's fucking Ned Kelly, right? It is. There's, there's a journalist from The Age coming along. Like, she's already mentioned us in a comparative article with Amazing. the recent um, the true Kelly history gang. of the Kelly Gang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I signed on with my agent, I told him I'd done this, told him that my other agent did what they're doing now and they bagged out that agent. Oh, that's bullshit. We'd never do that. You're doing it right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, the footage is like I'm not being a dick. It's, it's really, good. really good. It's you bloody know? good. Yes. Asshole. Don't, don't you find that funny how we in Australia have to have to really kind of be like, oh, sorry for sorry for saying I, that I'm good. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and yeah. this, I think. Paul Poppy. Oh, poppy, totally. Poppy shit. This is going back <clears> to <throat> even our brief stint in LA last year and one of my reasons to go back that's what I loved about that place yeah. is I know a lot of people, you know, Americans can be very full on and confident. Yeah. No, they do. It's like, it's, that was amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Everyone is so confident and so excited by everyone else's creativity. What are you doing? What are you working on? Like everyone is, there's no, there's no such thing as tall poppy over there. No, not and at all. And at first it's, it's kind of like, It's Whoa. intimidating. Cause you're like, sit, settle down buddy. But yeah, yeah, But then totally. you're like, oh, they, they actually mean it. They're they not being it. superficial. Yeah. And I love, we did this um, Groundlings workshop and at the very end, all these people were like, hey, I love that scene you did. Would you mind if we connected? And so you're like, they, you <laughs> swap each other's Instagrams away. and Yeah, some of the biggest opportunities I ever had as a photographer were in New York where it was like, yeah. you're new, you're Australian, let's see it, let's yeah. go. I Whereas here it's like, that. you're new, you're Australian, you fuck off. Get in line, do you care? Yeah. yeah, wait 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and if you say you're good, I will cut you down. <laughs> you will never work again. And I think that's the thing I've, which just been ingrained in me from forever because that's what this society we've grown up in is, oh, don't push yourself too much. You don't want to seem cocky and it's – but our industry is so, uh, you know, contradictory to that. You need to push yourself in order to make things happen. Yeah. But at the same time, the whole world, you know, yeah. the whole of Australia is saying, yeah, don't you make it's a don't delicate, stand out it's too much. It's a delicate much. dance. Yes. Don't stand it's such out a delicate. Work, work hard, but if you annoy me by, by pushing yourself too yeah, much. Yeah, by being awesome, like, oh, you're yeah. a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's something that I really appeal to me over there. And, look, you know, maybe three months of it might be, change that concept yeah. i don't know but yeah, i think you, you it's, start to feel well you start to work out a ratio of bullshit to, yeah. to reality 100%. too because they're on 100%. default like that and too also, also we're not kind of naive i think la is not like the magical land of oz i think you no. well, that sounds weird because we're in australia but mm. like i think it's very hard over there as well Oh, 100 percent, it is 100 percent. Mm. but i think the the opportunities are much more abundant mm. um and yeah, I think there's just there's just something in the air over there. I don't know. It sounds maybe I sound stupid, but it's just happening. Everyone's making something yeah. happen. Yeah, and it's and it's contagious. I think contagious. People yeah. are people are you know driven, mm. and you go, oh crap, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on to that. Mm. Yeah, and and like I think going back to comedy, I've kind of. Unfortunately, I've made the mistake of really resting on laurels. I, I got a lot of success quite early and thought, oh, I'm good at this. I'm just going to be good. I'm not going to work that hard. And then I've seen guys who weren't necessarily as – weren't getting big laughs to begin with, but they just work so hard and now they're the riding for like thing, talk shows in America mm-hmm. and just killing it. It's, yeah. it's You really have to – It's a slog. Yeah, yeah you have to slog hard. You've got to hustle, man, constantly yeah. and you cannot um, fade away into the background. Mm. <sighs> or just rest on – Talent. It's not going to. No. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Absolutely or, not. Or natural, you know, mm. talent. Because there's, yeah, there's certainly a lot of people out there that 
have worked hard. Like um, hilariously at the concert we went Fat Boy Slim last night, I bumped into a gorgeous producer friend of mine that worked on uh, The Elephant Princess. She produced the show that I did. 10, 15, oh, God, wow. 10 years ago, <clears throat> gorgeous lady, Joanna Werner, and um, we were having chats and, yeah, just talking about the show that I was in. Hilariously, Margot Robbie and Liam Hemsworth were in this show as well. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, we're all 17. And so, you know, she was saying, oh, she's saying how amazing it is that they're just kicking so much butt over there. And she said, yeah, like, you know, we we're all so green when we started. And um, to see how hard particularly Margot in particular, has worked to get to where she is, like this overnight success that everyone talks about over there. Mm -hmm. It's such shit. She worked her ass off for 10, 15 years. Like every dollar she earned on Neighbours was invested into accent training to get herself over to LA for pilot season and she slogged it hard and, you know, got this big break but it certainly didn't come overnight No, there's always a big backstory. There's very few. It's only really like... The, the only people in the world who can sort of make it overnight are child stars. Mm. Yeah. Because they haven't been around long enough for it yeah. to have been a long yeah. slog. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and then, totally. I mean, even, well, it's interesting. I was listening to Leonardo DiCaprio talking a thing the other day, talking about how many failed auditions and what have you. And I was like, mm, I reckon there might have only been a, a one year period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it family ties or something? Or, or it, family ties. Growing, t- growing yeah. pains. That's yeah. it. But, but, you know, he was um, auditioning for commercials and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, he probably did more auditions in a year in L.A. than most of us would do out here in, in a 10-year span or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I think the last audition he probably had was, Jesus, maybe maybe Romeo and Juliet. I don't know yeah. if he even auditioned for that. Mm. You know, like. So funny. I was listening to um, <clears throat> Joaquin Phoenix has been winning all the, you know, Golden Globe. Yeah. He won the, um, the, Sa- the SAG Award. Yeah. Did you hear his yes. speech basically yeah. going, you know, Everyone as was a talking kid, about Leo. bloody Leo because he'd be up against him for all the same stuff yeah. growing up and, yeah, just to see them on that. And, and Christian Bale as well at that same kind of mm. child star thing. But, yeah, it's – um. It's certainly a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong career, right? And I think has to be totally. And I think you know, unlike sportsmen and and all of that, where yeah, well, you get got to this a peak, short window, short yeah. week. I honestly think you just get better with age. It's like like a fine wine. Like the the more experience you have, like you're just applying that to the work. And yeah, and you've just got I'm to keep, finding that keep anyway. at it. In, endurance, I suppose. Mm, endurance. The sure. only thing, not to throw a, a shitty caveat at the end there, but the only thing about acting. And pro- probably if you want to be a pop star would, would apply is you age out of a lot of things. Even though you totally. can still act I get it. forever. Yeah. You know, like I came to the to the party at 33, 34. Mm. And I always said to myself, it's going to take me 10 years probably just in, in learning the skills and getting over my shit and whatever before mm. I'm full time, mm. I reckon. You know, if I'm being really reasonable. By that point, I'm going to miss out on all of those major roles that if I had have kept doing it mm-hmm. from when I was six, if I was going to get very successful, I might have been eligible for. You mm-hmm. know, like let's yeah. just say I started acting I, at six, I, I, I get did that. the school, I could have auditioned for Superman at 25 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. on a high end of things. Yeah. Um, but you know what? And I, this is where I kind of my positivity but clicks so, so, in. So, so just quickly, yeah. so like a writer or a photographer or a composer or whatever never ages out. Yeah, yeah so you, I'm with you. You, you can yeah. be that creative forever and it can take as long as it want and you can still mm. do whatever you want. But mm. as an actor, you don't 
you lose that. Um, and I'm hoping just with the times that we're in that there's more kind of diverse roles that are kind of being made available for people that are older and women and all of that kind of stuff that, you know, you're seeing, you know, and this is kind of in... Uh, That's a slippery slope of a conversation, uh, that diversity part. <laughs> slippery slope. <laughs> Says three white people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who now can't get any roles? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like someone like Jackie Weaver, right, who, I, you know, did obviously work in Australia quite a lot, but her big break was at, you know, 50 plus, you know, mm. in Animal so Kingdom. Silver, and oh, then, it was Animal Kingdom. And then right. kind of silver cracking into the... Yeah, and then cracking into the American, in, uh, the American kind of industry mm. there. But... um. But yeah, it's funny. I've I've definitely played with that concept in my mind too, Josh. Of like, oh, wasted time, wasted time. Especially because, for women. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, honestly, and and something I haven't really brushed on. But I did take a big chunk of time off from acting from just after Elephant Princess for about five years, and right. um, I had uh, quite a severe eating disorder throughout my teens and early twenties, and I got quite sick and I couldn't work, mm-hmm. and that was a awful time in my life, awful time. It took me a lot of time to kind of get through that. But that, that time off that I had taken, I had to leave my agent. I had to just spend the time to get better. Um, I was out of the scene again. So it was almost like starting fresh. And, but at that, at that point of coming back into the game at like 26, 27, I had sort of seen a lot of my colleagues like your Margot Robbies and, um, you know, your Indiana Evans and all these kind of actresses that I was kind of working with skyrocket and be at that place that I was hoping to be and I kicked myself like so like oh man I've wasted this time clearly it was an illness and I got sick and I wasn't Mm. able to work but I kind of go you know what yeah I'm a bit older and I'm 30 and maybe those kind of mid-20s roles that I potentially could have got aren't there anymore but I've got a shit ton of life experience. Mm. I'm way more confident in myself now. Um, And, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But I think, yeah, you've just got to sort of see that time as learning all of the things that you need to know to get to to be where you are right now. Yeah, I I do the thing of, (coughs) excuse me, I do a big circle whenever those dark days come in. Yeah. It's if you were going to, you would have. Mm. And, Absolutely. And you Absolutely. didn't because you weren't ready. You weren't ready. You are, 100%. And that's just the fucking deal. Imagine if you had kept acting, like in when oh, you were so You'd be fucked. Ill. I would be fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God for my amazingly uh, switched on parents who just pulled me out of it. They're like, yeah. this is not helping you. Yeah. This industry is not helping you and you need to just focus on getting better. And I did and realised, you know what, I actually do love that the work is what I love and mm-hmm. I'm going to do it whether I make money out of it or not. I for you to come back at your own pace Having, and, and, then, and 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 it's still being there yeah. proves, proves itself. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, no, it's been a bloody journey. Well, for both of us, really, and mm. you know, but we're excited for. It's my vibrating oh, yeah. phone underneath oh, us. Oops. You probably can't hear it on the thing, but you notice we all looked around, kind of <laughs> yeah. confused. Was it? Yeah, yeah I, I can feel I can it. also hear the fucking someone <laughs> having a party over the road. I, I can love hear it. Their music Who is coming it? up. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Oh, it's your it's my parents. parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, what did I say? What did I say? They're, They're the best darling, in-laws yeah. ever. They're right? the best. Jimmy, how are you, mate? <laughs> it's probably like Maddie's phone is off. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, yeah. I think yeah. one of the ways that I combat that is, and it motivates me on those lazy days, is to stay fit. Mm. And to be on top of that, Absolutely. so that if I do get that one. break at forty-five, mm. I can still move like I'm thirty. Yeah. I'm not totally. fucked. And it, totally, like meditation, it's like as as a guy who um, has a colourful past, <laughs> and the uh, byproduct is anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, is nothing better. 
Nothing better yeah. to There's clear nothing. your mind and get yeah. like real perspective is is doing exercise and yeah, looking after yourself. Big if time. you're unhealthy and and you know doing lines of coke because actors can, can afford that sort of thing <laughs> um, in Australia at three hundred fifty pounds, <laughs> we've heard. <laughs> um, but you know, like if you treat your body shit, it your brain is. And then all yeah, the yeah, yeah. all the voices start going. Oh, you're not you're not good for this you role. Or this. Yeah. look at how handsome everyone else in the room is. Yeah, or you know, yeah, yeah. you're a bloody imposter. So absolutely, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Or the other side. Now you've got it. It's in the bag. Go and party. Yeah. Go and party. Yeah. 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 And then Rock you, up to work. high. You don't got it, <laughs> and you get fined and sacked yeah. and, and yeah. all the rest of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Thank you so much for having us. I know. Right, I think that just naturally wrapped itself just yeah. then. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. That was really interesting. Thank Thanks you for so coming much. Down. Thank you for having Absolute us. Absolute pleasure. Um, do we have to pay you for this therapy? I know, right? <laughs> Especially in that chair, right? I'm just like, the whole this is like marriage counselling. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank I you so much. It. <laughs>